Are you someone who's ready to get your voice out into the world? Have you been considering starting your own podcast and not sure of all the things it takes to launch your show? Well, at Levels to Lunch, they've done all the groundwork to help you turn your dreams into streams. With professional knowledge and experience in strategy, recording, editing, and presenting, they have all the resources to help you in your journey in launching your show. From the do-it-yourselfer to that time-strapped podcaster that just needs to get it done, they walk you through every step to get your show launched and ready for the world. So go ahead and take that next step and make your podcasting dreams a reality by visiting levelstolunch.com. Again, that's www.levelstolunch.com. Today on Melanated Conversations, we amplify the voice of the Overflow Coach, Monique Caradine Kitchens. As a certified coach with a focus on money mindset, Monique helps women fix their relationship with money so that they can put an end to the money drama and unleash their financial overflow. In today's chat, Monique gives us a glimpse of her own money story and offers up actionable money mindset tips to push you to your financial overflow. We end the show with a powerful spiritual breakthrough that had us reaching for the collection plate. So grab your good girlfriend and tune in to our powerful guest this week, the host of the Sister Nomics podcast and author on how to embrace your inner millionaire, Miss Monique Caradine Kitchens. Welcome to Melanated Conversations. Our narrative and our perspective. Here on the podcast, we are amplifying the voices of Black women and sharing their powerful stories of transformation. I'm Tyrion. And I'm Yana. Let's start the show. Welcome back to another episode of Melanated Conversations. I'm your co-host, Tyrion. And I'm your co-host, Yana. I'm so excited for this episode today. We've got a special guest with us. Um, we've got the host of Sisternomics podcast and founder of Overflow Enterprises, Mrs. Monique Caradine Kitchens. Welcome, Monique. Wow. Hey, ladies. Thank you so much. It's great to be here on Melanated Conversations. Yes, I'm loving the energy right now. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Yay. Wow. I feel so honored. Like I feel special. Oh, we feel special. Yes. Come on, like <laughs> let's be real. We feel special. All it's right. A pleasure. Yay. Well, as always, we always start off every episode with a round of rapid fire questions. Yana and I will both answer these questions as well. So without further ado, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's, let's do it. go. Y'all need to get the first question. Okay, we'll go straight on to <laughs> straight it. Into so it. I just got to ask, since this is, we're going to talk money today, I feel like we should go ahead and start the show with some topics around money. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. quick question. Would you rather be debt free or have a good credit score? Mm. <laughs> That's a tough one, man. Yeah. Ooh, if I had to choose, like, First of all, I would definitely love both of those. But if I had to choose, I would say 
good credit score. Really? Okay. And yeah, because the, the, and that's such a great topic to bring up. Um, a, the, the, the reality is we live in a world, ladies, and you all know this, where we are constantly daily judged based on our credit score. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, it's not a fair judgment, but that's the way the world works. And so if you have good credit, what does that mean? It means you, you get better interest rates. It means you save money. It means that you have access to, you know, money or credit, you know, whenever you need it. It means you pay less in car insurance. It means you pay less, you know, everything. Everything is just better when you have good credit. So. If I had to only choose one, I would say definitely good credit. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm with you. That is a hard question. And <laughs> I was thinking about it and I was like, um, actually, I went the route of debt free. If I have a lower debt load, yeah. if I don't have any debt, mm-hmm. then um, mm-hmm. that frees up space for me to work on building my credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. I mean, I guess I was taken for granted. I-, I was under the not under the assumption, but I just, you know, I assume that most people will always have a little bit of debt just unless you, your house is completely paid off. Yeah, You know, yeah. I'm assuming that pretty much everybody's going to have some level of debt, but there are some people who, you know, their house is paid for. So, hey, more power to you. If your yeah. house is paid for, your car is paid for, you know, uh, I'm not there yet with the house, car is paid for, but the house Still working on that. Yeah. So I guess that's why I chose. You know, oh, no, no, no. No, no, that's, no. That's, that's good. Neither. I feel like any of the answer is wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, but no, <laughs> now that I'm thinking more about it, I would probably lean more to good credit score because I think even there are some strategies that having a little debt and yeah. managing that can help with increasing your score. I was going to say, exactly. I was going to say, not all debt is bad, bad debt. debt. That's true. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just thinking about to need to get this off my <laughs> no, back. For sure. I think I everybody, mean, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't want to have no bills to pay. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to owe you no money. Right. Um, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm going. I'm going the route of of good credit score uh, as well, because you know, yeah. you have to have good credit. Like like Monique said, I mean, you know, it helps with interest rates, and you know, sometimes just being able to have access to certain things that you wouldn't normally have, I think, on a when you normally think about it. So I think I, I, having a good credit score is extremely um, important and helpful. Um, but then on the other side, you know, I think that does play in part with being able to pay down your debt, right? Because if uh, you've got high interest rates, then you're just kind of, I feel like you're in a cycle that Good grief! Mm-hmm. You just can't mm-hmm. never Girl, get out. Of high it. interest rates will kill you. Like, <laughs> they will kill that's you. That's like that's like robbery. It's like being robbed and not even realizing. Oh, it. for sure, for sure. I mean, when you talk about mortgages, that's a whole nother. It's like you're paying principal and all. It's like, yeah. wait, I mean. Uh, have I actually started paying my house off yet? I'm just paying interest. Girl, bye. <laughs> what is really going on? So yeah, I think we're we're all on the same page. Yeah, from, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm I like with y'all. it. I'm with y'all. I like yeah. it. Okay. All right. Uh, second question. Okay. Well, Monique, what's one thing that you refuse to sacrifice in your budget? That I refuse to sacrifice in my budget? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yana, I don't know if we talked about this when you appeared on Systemomics, uh, uh, but I refuse to sacrifice my monthly subscription to 
Peloton. I am a Peloton ah, bike yes. owner. Oh, yes. really? And when I tell you I'm addicted, um, when I tell you that if if you told me I had to go to a deserted island and I can only take <laughs> two things, <laughs> my Peloton would be one of them. And I need to have my subscription because that's how you get the live classes and yeah. the whole full experience. And as a woman of a certain age who is trying to stay fit and young and fabulous, mm-hmm. despite this, this milestone birthday that I have coming up, <laughs> I need my Peloton. And so I will not compromise my Peloton subscription, no matter what my budget looks like. I've got, I will listen, I will do what I had to do to maintain my Peloton subscription. You hear me? Wow. You're the first person <laughs> I've met that, that owns a Peloton. Really? Yes. I, I mean, I always see the commercials and I remember like the little the controversy that was happening back a, a few months ago. The, yeah. the, the commercial the, with oh. the lady and oh. all that stuff. Oh, did I miss that one? No, but I like I she's the only person I know that owns a Peloton. OK, Peloton. OK, Peloton. <laughs> Big ups to Peloton. Right. Yana, what about you? I'm, I'm thinking still because, um, gosh, I don't know. You know, I'm a foodie. So yeah. it's like I got to still have. My little weekly budget for just treating myself out. I I'm a, I love Thai. Yes, you and do. So I just gotta. I feel like that's a treat for me. Treat just, yourself. Yeah, just treat myself. <laughs> but yeah. I was trying to think of something, but I don't know. Ooh. You know what? What? I need to add something to that. Okay, I like to start something. Sure. Else. And you made me think about this, Yana, when you were talking about treating yourself. You know, mm-hmm. another thing that I would never compromise is my investment in myself by way of personal and professional development. Mm-hmm. And I guess That's Peloton good. would yeah. be considered yeah. personal that development because you are developing yourself through fitness. But I'm also a big fan of investing in myself through coaching and attending seminars and stuff like that. That's really, really important to me. That's good. No, that that brings up a good point. Cause yeah, um, I, I have a business coach and um, that's something for me right now. That's like helping That's I feel like that play that pours into so much. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And if I got to find a way to make it work, I'm going to make it work because I love um, the work that I do. I'm with you on that. Yeah, definitely with professional development. Cause mm-hmm. Those are great, y'all. Oh. Y'all being yeah. on professional no, and stuff. It's I mean, it's your budget. It's date your night. money. How are you going to spend? Date oh, night. now that's a good one. Date yes, night. Date, date night, yes. You know, my husband is is gone a lot, travels a ton for work and a lot. So we don't even have like the, you know, m- a lot of couples every night, you see, you know, you wake up in the morning, you see him, you go to bed, you see, maybe see your significant other. That's not always the case for me. So we try to take advantage of being able to have a time whenever he's home. Not that he's gone like all the time, but, you know, you know, his job, he's he's away at least two to three weeks out of the month, at least from Monday to Thursday. So making sure we have that time for date night. Mm-hmm. Somebody come watch these kids, please. <laughs> we'll pay by. you. Bring them on. Um, but yeah, just making sure we had a time that to, you know, spend with each other. And, and it doesn't always have to be out. But, you know, mm-hmm. we do set aside money to be able to like, you know, have a nice little date night. Go and hang out. Travel quite a bit too. So we I do. Would say that's a Tra- and I was I was gonna say travel too. Yes, that is a that's a huge thing for us. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, good. 
I think that's, that's good it. stuff. Yeah. 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 I got to think deeply more on it. I though, know, right? I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. that is something I definitely have to like really, really sit and mm-hmm. ponder on for a while. No, that was a good question, though. Man, I didn't uh, do our our pew pew pew. Oh, it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so okay, let's get to the heart of the show. Yes, uh, Monique, we're excited to have you on board, especially to give us these money lessons. Come on. Um, so we actually want to just kind of segue a little bit more and learning more about you. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about? who you are and um, share your origin story. Sure. Yeah. So I am, um, I, 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 I laugh every time I think about this because I, I used to always call myself just a little black girl from the South side of Chicago, um, you know, who managed to create this life where I've been able to do some amazing things. I mean, through the grace of God, I I won't take credit for it, but Mm. I grew up on the South side of Chicago, only child, um, two amazing, hardworking parents who really drove home the importance of education and they worked their fingers to the bone to make sure that I could receive that education. So I studied uh, radio, TV, film, broadcasting in college. And when I came out of college, I immediately went to work in my career and eventually became one of the top radio uh, talk show hosts, black talk show hosts in Chicago. And, you know, I just it, it, it was it was kind of lost on me the importance of that role and that title because I just went to work. I was always a hard worker and I I knew that I wanted to really use my voice to inspire and empower people. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing to me that I very quickly went from being an intern at a radio station to then the news director at that same radio station to then the midday talk show host at that radio station. And got a lot of awards and a lot of national recognition in that position. And, and just all because I kept my head down and kept focused on doing the work and, and staying committed to not becoming famous. That wasn't my goal, but I just wanted to empower people and inspire mm. people. That's all I really wanted to do. So that's what I did. And um, eventually went on to also host a television show, a community affairs show in Chicago. And, and, you know, people, you know, in Chicago, you know, they, they, my name was recognizable and, you know, my name opened doors for me because they knew me from TV and radio. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing about those positions, whereas a lot of my peers were, you know, signing multi-million dollar contracts, a lot of my peers in the news media, they were anchors, they were reporters, and they would be signing these multi-million dollar contracts. And I remember one of my colleagues who was actually a mentor of mine, I remember at one point she signed a contract for $10 million. Wow. Oh my and she became the first black woman in Chicago to sign that large of a contract as a news anchor. She was the highest paid news anchor in the city wow. as a woman. And that was mind blowing. And this was at the height of my career in radio. And, you know, she was a news anchor. So me knowing the job of a news anchor, what do they do? They sit behind the desk and they read the teleprompter. Mm. I mean, that's pretty much the extent of it. And somebody else actually wrote what they read. Mm. And here I am working at this radio station. I'm hosting, I'm producing, I'm booking guests, I'm writing show, I'm doing a live show. So there is no script. And I'm doing all the studying and research. And I'm like, dang, I'm making a fraction of that. Like, 
where's my ten million dollar contract? Yeah, you know, and and it, it was in that moment, Yana, that I became keenly aware of the, this this wage gap that I was experiencing. And and I started to really question that. And I started to really say, well, why am I not making the type of money that some of my peers are out here making? Somewhere during that time, you know, time went on and I had a baby and my priorities began to change and whatnot. And I started to say, you know what? I work too hard to be getting two paychecks a month. Mm. Like I, I, I'm that girl. I'm that woman. I'm that media professional that I should be making some more cash. And so um, I went to my boss because I had not had a raise in four years. Wow. And which, which didn't really bother me because I love the work that I did. But I'm like, OK, I'm a mom now. I'm, I'm a boss. I'm getting all these awards. Somebody need to be paying me something like I need a little Period. something extra. Mm-hmm. So I went to my boss, set up a meeting. She knew that I wanted to, you know, it was time for us to start talking about uh, a wage increase, da, 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 da. Went to the meeting, sat down, ready, you know, to have the conversation, did all the things they tell you to do. And we started talking about money. And she said to me plainly, she said, Monique, I'm sorry, but there is no money to give you a raise. I was, I was taken aback. There was this awkward moment of silence and I didn't know what to say. And she kind of was like, you know, oh, well, good luck, you know, mm-hmm. and and the meeting ended. And what I decided in that moment, Yana and Tyrion, is that I did not want to be that person with my level of brilliance and my work ethic. Mm-hmm. I did not. I no longer wanted to be the person that only received two paychecks. And I didn't want to be in a position where somebody else could make a decision about how much money I make. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it was it was then that I made a a very, very important decision. I made a decision that I was going to create additional income streams. I wasn't Mm going to leave my job right then. I did. I did kind of give myself an extra 13 months. And I said, within 13 months, I'm going to have to move on and do something different. But I made a decision in that moment right after that meeting that nobody else was going to control how much money Monique Caradine Kitchens could make. Yeah. So I immediately started uh, putting myself out there to do publicity you know, because being a media, I know what it takes for a person to get publicity. I started doing media training. I was already doing voiceovers. I just wasn't getting paid for it because I was doing it for the radio station that I worked at. Yeah. But I started started to hire myself out to do voiceovers. And suddenly, ladies, I had not only the income stream from my job as a radio host, but then I had all these three additional ones. And I'm like, dang, like, I'm kind of liking this, you know, <laughs> it's not just those two paychecks on the first and the 15th. Right. It was just money on money on money on money. Yeah. And when I started to experience that, how people were willing to pay me for my knowledge and my experience and my brilliance, you know, I kind of, yeah. I kind of started to really dig that. And so it, and sure enough, within the next year, I did leave my job at that radio station to start my own publicity company. And and it wasn't just a publicity company. It was a media development company. So I was doing a whole number of things. Anyway, that is when I decided to say, okay, now I'm in my own business. Now I'm making money. Now I'm getting, you know, uh, paychecks more than twice a month, which was my main goal. Increase the frequency of those paychecks in a month. And so I was doing that, but I still wasn't making the type of money that I really, really wanted. Yeah. And it was at that moment 
and then I'll let y'all jump in because sure. you know I can go back. I was a talk show host, Kyle. <laughs> so you ain't ever got to worry about no. me coming on your show. I ain't having nothing to say. Well, that was the thing I was going to say. I was like, I'm clearly <laughs> talking to someone who is who who has done media, um, like as for a living. And yeah. <laughs> I think we're over here playing jump rope. Well, at least I am over here playing jump rope. I'm like, uh, and I. And I, I'm gonna ask a question. I'm Sorry gonna, about that. No, 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 you're you're fine. So that was one thing I was gonna say is that you know, mind blowing. At least for me to be sitting here with someone who who worked in media um, professionally, super duper cool. The other thing um, that I picked up from what you were saying is that basically you knew your worth. A- am I correct? You knew your worth and the the hard work that you had put in and and the education that you had received to be like. Mm, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm worth yeah. more than what y'all trying to tell me I'm worth or that you, yeah. you claim you can or can't give me this certain amount of money. So I'm going to, I'm going to chunk the deuces and, and I'm going to be about my business. So <laughs> that was, I think that's what I picked up from what you were saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? That's an interesting point. I don't, I don't know if I was, if I was clear about my worth, mm. but I did know that I needed to have more because when you're clear on your worth then you can say to yourself, Oh, I'm a seven figure babe. I'm not, I'm, you know, seven figures yeah. is my bottom line. I'm not going below that. That's when you know your worth. I didn't really know that. I did know that I needed to make more, but I just didn't know how much more, how I was going to get that, which leads me to the next point, which is extremely important for you guys as well as the people listening. I got to a point where as smart as I was, I had reached a plateau in my income and it was just below $100,000. You know, Mm -hmm. I couldn't seem to get over that hump. I had done all that I could do with my brilliant self to get to, you know, about 75,000 a year in my business. And I'm like, dang, what is really going on? Then the economy went down. This was in around 2007, 2008. Yeah. A lot of my clients had to let me go because they just couldn't afford it anymore. And I was facing a business that wasn't creating any revenue at that point. And, and, And it was then when I said to myself, I've done all I can do. Now it's time for me to really consider something that I never thought I would do. And that was hire a coach. I needed to figure, I needed somebody that could see my blind spots, Yeah, you know? And up to that point, I had always thought that a coach was for weak people, people who couldn't figure it out. Mm. You know, as black women, we can figure everything out, baby. Like we, we got grandmamas and mamas that we watched figure things to make a way out of nowhere. Yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and so you grow up with that mindset and you like, if I can't figure it out, that means I'm weak. Well, I had to let that go because I was at a crossroads in my business. So I hired a coach from one of the top personal development companies in the world. And that was a game changer for me. Not only did she help me, she was just an okay coach, but she did help me see some blind spots, come to some realizations. And most importantly, she showed me that coaching is something that I wanted to do for others. Mm. And so that is when a lot of things began to turn around for me. So can you tell us what that experience was like transitioning from, you know, media and then you getting your own, your own coach and then kind of making that decision to be like, I think like, this is something I really want to do. I want to step into 
No, it's a great question. So at that point, you know, my work in media and radio and TV, it afforded me a lot of of opportunities to go and emcee at events and be a keynote speaker or workshop presenter and so on and so forth. And so what I realized when I would do these, uh, these keynotes and stuff is that women would come up to me and they would line up after that, that speaking engagement and they would want more from me. How can I work with you? You you know, can I stay in touch? Can we have coffee? Can I pick your brain? You know, they wanted more. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really have more to give them because I'm like, well, I did my speaking engagement. What more do you want? There was one woman in particular. She said to me, she said, I want you to coach me. I don't care what needs to happen. You need to be my coach. And I was like, well, okay. So I worked with her and I knew of two or three other women that wanted to work with me. So I invited them all into a coaching program. I didn't really know what I was doing, uh, but I coached them and they got incredible results. Mm -hmm. And so I knew at that point that I I said, if I'm going to be working with women, I need to have the training and the certification and the expertise to do this correctly. And that's when I became a certified coach. And that's when my focus in my business started to shift toward coaching. It was a, it was an incredible season in my life. And I'm so grateful because I've had the opportunity to work with some absolutely incredible women and be a part of their shift and their journey and their really recognizing their full potential. Yes. And okay, segueing back just a little bit, because now we're at the point where you're making this decision. Now you want to change that story, how it looks for you um, on, the, on the end of finances, as well as helping other women. Can you kind of backtrack a little bit and tell us a little bit about you and how finances look like for you, even as a child and growing up and how that mm-hmm. played into your financial story as an adult? Yeah, great question. Great question. So it, it's it's a great question for a number of reasons. And that is because all of us have a money story. Mm hmm. And your money story, Tarion, starts around the age of five to eight or 10, Mm, right? Yeah. Your money story comes from how you witnessed your immediate family behaving with money. Yeah. For me, that story went something like this. My father was the main breadwinner in the household, and he would painstakingly once a week or once every other week, sit down at the kitchen table and get all his papers out, all the bills and whatnot, his ledger and checkbook. And he would painstakingly balance out that checkbook. Okay. Mm -hmm. He knew exactly how much money there was, exactly how much he needed for bills, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My mother, on the other hand, she was a free spirit. She loved to make money specifically so that she could shop and buy clothes and buy shoes. That was just her thing back then. So my mom wasn't so diligent about the money as my father. So my mom would would go out after my father had spent all this time balancing out the checkbook and she would go buy two pairs of shoes. Hmm. And, and I recognized the tension that that created in my household because my mom would throw the whole checkbook off Bills wouldn't get paid because she just wouldn't bought two pairs of shoes. (laughs) And so for me, my money story was money causes tension. Uh, My father worked two jobs. And so my story also was if you are going to make money, that means you're not going to have a lot of time with your family. So you're going to have to compromise family time or be absent from the family. Uh, My story was also 
that we don't have enough to afford those nice things that you like as a teenager, the designer gym shoes, the designer jeans, the coach purse, the this, the that. So it just wasn't enough for that. So I grew up with that story. And it wasn't until I worked with that first coach, Yana, that she helped me to unpack that. So no wonder I couldn't get past $75,000 in my business because that story that I picked up as a five or six-year-old or eight-year-old girl was the same story that was controlling my life as that 30-something-year-old media professional. Hmm. So to just to bring you back to the story of my friend with the $10 million contract, you know, I, I questioned a lot of things around that time. I'm like, you know, maybe I'm, you know, I'm that little black girl from the South side of Chicago. So maybe I don't have the right connections. Maybe I don't, you know, my skin isn't the right color. Maybe I, I'm not working at the right place. That's the, those are the things that I thought were the reasons why I wasn't making that kind of money. Come to find out none of that had anything to do with it, Yana. Mm. Thing that kept me from making the money that I felt I really deserved and desired was the money story. The money story that said, if you want to make money, you got to work your fingers to the bone, 14,000 hours a week. You Mm. have to sacrifice everything. Like I saw my parents do, my father, you know. And, you know, if you do make money as a little black girl from the south side of Chicago, who are you going to disempower by doing that? Who are you going to leave behind? Yeah. But see, that's stuff that you you can only unpack if you have a guide or a coach like the one that I had that helps you peel back those layers. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so. So what you're saying is it goes deeper than just, you know, sometimes we think surface level or just thinking just just from our financial, like how it looks. Yeah. We don't think about. Even mm-hmm. just the deepness from the perspective of how it affected, affected you everyone. growing up, how, yes. how you saw. Yeah, I think it, it, it's more it's, than numbers. Yes, it's more than numbers. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I, I often say, Yana and Tarian, that the only thing that stands between a woman and the, the millions that she desires is the story that she tells herself. Mm. So you're telling yourself a story and you may not even realize it because a lot of times the story is subconscious. It is below the surface. It is a little bit deeper than what you realize. Mm -hmm. And so that is why a part of my work is unpacking the money story. No matter when I work with someone, I'm not going to tell her to, to, to have a budget or cut up a credit card if she wants to get to a million dollars. I ain't going to do none of that. I'm going to unpack the story first. Yeah, right? yeah. So so in unpacking the story, I, you, you have this thing where you can tell us like the truth about money. So what exactly is the truth about money? Because just from hearing you talk about your money story, and we've kind of established that it's less about the numbers per se, and really all the other things, the other things that factored into how you went about doing life, and how you viewed money. What exactly is the truth about money? Okay, so the truth about money And the money story are two different things. I'm going to explain the truth about money. These are some basic universal truths about money. And then maybe I can show you just two ways that you can begin to unpack your own personal money story. While we're, you know, in the midst of this. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, cool. All right. So let's talk about uh, the truth about money. And I explain this a lot in my book. It's called How to Embrace Your Inner Millionaire. And I have a like a little section in the book about, about this. Mm-hmm. And what I tell people is that there are five types of people who attract money easily. Okay. And, and I, and I always try to make this clear to people because there are a lot of rumors and lies out there about money. You know, it's people out there saying money is tight. Mm. We live in a tough economy. You know, you got the Rob Peter to pay Paul. I hear people saying that type of stuff all of the time, Yeah, but those are lies. And those are rumors. The truth about money is that money is flowing freely and easily to five kinds of people. Number one, the people who really understand it. Mm. You got to really understand how money works. Money operates in part from an energetic space. Money is going to respond, Tarion, to your energy, right? Mm. So if you really understand that money is an unlimited resource There is no lack of it in the world. There is no scarcity of it. And that even when you may not see the type of money in your bank account that you want to see, that doesn't mean that there's no lack. There's a lack of it. There's plenty of money out there. Mm. So you've got to understand that money is flowing freely and money responds to many different things. It responds to uh, your generosity with it. It responds to uh, how you think about it, how you feel about it. So you got to really understand that money is not scarce. Money Mm -hmm. wants you just as much as you want it. Mm -hmm. But you've got to get your energy lined up to recognize that. So people who understand money really, really make it easily. People who respect money make it easily. And what does that mean? You have to respect your money because if you don't, it's going to flee from you. Mm. How do you respect your money? You can show respect to your money by doing something very, very simple. And you can do this as soon as we finish this conversation. You can go into your purse, take out your wallet. And if your wallet is cluttered with receipts, old, you know, if your purse got old gum wrappers in it, if you've got expired gift cards or credit cards in your purse. If you've got, you know, what all this, what random, whatnots, declutter your wallet, ladies. Okay. Get all of that junk out of your purse and your wallet because money cannot thrive in a cluttered or chaotic environment. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You know, so, so your wallet, and in fact, you know, a lot of people have these little teeny tiny wallets that really aren't big enough to accommodate the type of money that they want to attract. And you wonder why you don't have no money. Oh my goodness. It's because you've got this little coin purse that you call a wallet. Right. So I tell people to, to number one, invest in a nice wallet. You don't have to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on it, but get a nice long wallet that will allow you to open it up and see what's in it. Get all the junk out, get all the receipts out of there. Have a nice space for your checkbook, have a nice space for your cash, get you a little area for your cards, your change, make your wallet make sense. Mm. You shouldn't have to go in your wallet and, and get immediately confused. So declutter your purse, <laughs> declutter your wallet, because those are your sacred spaces where you keep your most valuable things, right? Yeah. So 
you show your respect for money by keeping the area where your money sits clean and free of clutter. Does that make sense? Absolutely, mm-hmm. it does. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely, Good. it does. My okay. Goodness. The third type of person that attracts money easily is the person who is not afraid of it. I realized when I began to unpack my money story that I was I was scared to make money. Mm. That's why I always kind of plateaued at around $75,000, $85,000 because the story that I was telling myself is that if I get over a hundred thousand dollars, then I will be leaving people behind, you know, your family, mm. your friends, where I grew up in the hood. I was telling myself that I would leave them behind. And that was always because every time I would achieve something, you know, my family members would have a habit of saying, girl, who you think you are? I don't know if y'all ever heard that growing <laughs> yeah. up, but it was always who you think you are. Like, don't get too good or too big for your britches because we're going to knock you right back down. You know, that was a story I was telling myself. But do you think too, and I may be way off here, but do you think too, maybe some of your fear about making over a certain amount too could have stemmed from you seeing your dad, like, you know, worked tirelessly to budget and then your mom taking that money and and spending it so maybe somewhere in the back of your mind you're like if I make this certain amount of money I don't want to like blow all this money you know what I'm saying that may not that may not be but I was just thinking that like no that resonates with me it does that that absolutely resonates with me that's a piece of the story that I hadn't really thought about that if you do make a lot of money somebody in your life is going to blow it Mm mm-hmm because mm-hmm. that's what I witnessed. So yeah, that that could very well be a part of it. And so mm-hmm. I was afraid to get to a certain number. And, and oftentimes, especially early in my coaching practice, I would ask women, okay, what is the goal amount that you would want to make? You know, here we are, brand new year. How much do you want to make by the end of this year? And they would say, oh, I wouldn't mind making 85, 90,000. And it's like, you're stopping short of <laughs> six figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And That's because of fear. And so we have to be unafraid of saying, okay, I want to hit $350,000. Yana, you got to be fearless about saying, definitely, I want to hit seven figures. Mm -hmm. You got to be fearless and say, hey, this year I'm going to do, I'm going to strategically get myself to 1.5 million in my business. Oh my God. Yes. Right. I got you. We can't be, we cannot be afraid. And if, if saying those numbers make you, make you feel some kind of way, then we need to examine that. Yes. Um, so you can't be afraid of money because when you're afraid of it, that fear is going to manifest itself in a lot of debt. It's going to manifest itself in you not having enough. It's and 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 those fears, this is what concerns me the most because I'm all about creating a legacy for our children. If you don't address the fears, then guess what? Those fears are going to be passed down to your babies. And we don't want that. Yeah. And kind of even tying more into, you you know, passing on that legacy to your children. One of your core elements that you talk about is creating your own economy and Mm -hmm. how, you know, you can build your network. And you you kind of chimed in a little bit about how you made the transition through radio and how you created new avenues for yourself to create new lanes for financial um, income. Can you share a little bit about that? Um, Yeah, for sure. Yes. Well, that, that comes from, um, you know, I I really started to study wealthy women and, and how wealthy people think. And, and some of my research showed me that most millionaires have between five to seven streams of income. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so 
that is something that I started to practice and teach. You know, we don't have to rely on just one income stream. We should have several income streams. And that's what that's what creating your own economy is all about. Because when you have your own economy, Tarion, then the, the you know, the stock market can do what it want to do. You know, yeah. the, the world's economy can do what it wants to do. If you, Yana, have your own economy and you've got money coming in uh, from both passive and active income streams, ideally, most of your income streams will be passive, meaning that you don't actually have to be present to be making money, then you don't have anything to worry about. So this is the desire of my heart. This is one of the reasons, ladies, why I think that God put me on this planet at this time. And that is to give the message to women, specifically women of color, even more specifically black women. And that is that we need to leverage our brilliance, leverage our gifts, leverage our talent and our passion Mm. to make money in more than one way. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. Absolutely. And then, and when you're making money from all these different ways, Tarion, mm-hmm. then guess what you can do? You can save a boatload of money because y'all are at the age where I want to just take you and bring you to Puerto Rico so we can spend three days and just come drive get home the come. message in your brain. Y'all like that idea, yeah. don't you? <laughs> you had us in Puerto Rico. Right. <laughs> Look, I want to drive the message into your brain, your heart, your mind, and your spirit that now is the time for you, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. To save as much money as you can, okay? Not only save money, but now is the time for you to get your kids set up so that their college is paid for, right? Yes. Now is the time for you even though you're way far off from this at this point, but you need to start thinking about your grandchildren and your great grandchildren. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. And so there are certain ways Yana to do this. You got to make sure your life insurance is in place. This is, we're talking about legacy, wealth, legacy building. Okay. Absolutely. Your life insurance needs to be in place. Mm -hmm. Your estate plan, even at your young age. Yeah. You know, I want women at the age of 25, to start thinking about building an estate plan. I want you to start thinking, Tarion, about your family mm-hmm. wealth portfolio because I want your great-grandchildren to be just like the great-grandchildren of the Kennedy family or the Rockefeller family. Come on. That they don't have to worry about nothing, okay? Jones family. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Gosh, there are just so many what? things. There's so much knowledge. And oh, I, I, I whispered over to Yana. I was like, we're going to have to do a part two or something because there are so, <laughs> so many, many things. That we things. Want to yes. Oh, so many things. But it's I do. A lot. It, I, well, here's what I want to ask you. We're not we're not quite done. So we, we got a, a few more things we can talk about. But I want to ask you, if someone wanted to obtain a financial coach, what are some key things to look for when in factoring that decision? I mean, we, I think we would Great all question. like for Monique to be our oh, financial yes. coach. Um, okay. You, yeah. Good question. You want to make sure when, whenever you're hiring a coach, you want to make sure that your coach has a coach. Mm. Okay. So that's one thing. Uh, I believe that every winner 
has a coach. Serena Williams has a coach. She's the best tennis player in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Michael Jordan in his heyday, he had a coach. He was the best basketball player in the world, but right. he still had a coach. Right. So you want to make sure that your coach has a coach. And you also want to make sure that your your coach should have a proven track record. And that just comes from, you know, client success stories. And those client success stories shouldn't be hard to find. But this is the most important thing you want to look for when you hire a coach. You want to make sure that your, your coach has a signature system that can walk you through the process no matter where you are in your financial journey, mm, right? Yeah. So, and, and like, take me for instance, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to pull myself up or anything, but no, go ahead, right do what now, you need to do. Do what you I'm need good. to do. <laughs> <laughs> but but here, here's an example of what I mean. You know, I've been coaching for almost 10 years now and, you know, done it pretty effortlessly and seamlessly, but now I'm realizing that I really want to, begin to focus more on working with younger women. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't really had anything available to them previously. And so what I'm doing now is I'm setting up a kind of a three-tiered program. You know, in the past, I've just had one main tier and everybody just goes through that one tier. But I've got three tiers now. And one of them allows me to really, you know, work with women that are coming out of the gate. I've got one signature program, but it has three tiers. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I got I've got the space where I'm going to going to be working with younger women. I've got this other space where I'm working with women who are at you know same stage of life as me, where you know you're in your 40s and coming into your 50s, and you want to um, you know you're thinking about money differently than a 30 something year old is. Yeah. And then I've got another uh, space where I'm working with women who are 55 and older you know, who are at a completely different space in their money. So you want to make sure your coach has some type of system that she can walk you through to get you from point A to to point Z. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Something for every stage in life. I love that. I like that too. So as we get ready to draw near to a close, I do want to touch a little bit more about your podcast. You have a podcast, Sisternomics, which quick plug, you guys, I was so, she was so gracious to allow me to be on her show. So um, if you haven't (laughs) checked it out, please check it out. Check Mm -hmm. all her episodes. I think it's Um, episode 13. You remember the episode. Okay, you bet. I will listen. (laughs) (laughs) But no, um, in your, on your podcast, um, you bring your audience along the journey as you attain your next level of financial success. So kind of yeah. what what made you decide to extend your brand in this way? And um, mm-hmm. kind of what can people expect along with your show? Mm-hmm. Man, that's a, that's a great question. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sisternomics is... Um, <laughs> It's kind of like my my own personal reality show in a way because my my next money level, my next income level in my business is seven figures. That's something that I haven't reached yet. Yeah. And so, what does that tell you about me? Is it, it, what it tells you is that my money story is steadily evolving, is steadily unfolding, and I had to get real with myself and look at why is it that I have been in business this amount of time and I still haven't hit seven figures. The reason is because I have a story. And, mm-hmm. and so as I unwrap that story, as I, you know, as I unfold as a woman, as a, as a, as a mother, as an entrepreneur who's been in business for a very long time, I have to be willing to 
admit to myself that I still have some old story lingering. Mm. And so I'm using the podcast to kind of work through the story. So I'm bringing on um, authors and mentors and some of my trusted advisors onto the show to, to give their best advice. And I'm taking notes as they're talking, just like the audience is. Mm -hmm. And what I've done is I've given myself a a, a benchmark goal of April 2021 to get my business to seven figures. Now, here's why this is very, very monumental during this moment that we're actually recording this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I haven't revealed this to anybody, but I'll share it with you guys, because what I'm realizing is that we are all on this human, this amazing human journey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think part of our assignment, at least for me, I'll speak for myself, part of my assignment is to be transparent and authentic mm. and willing to share my story. So I've shared a lot of it, but what I'll also say right now is that I'm in the midst of the biggest money challenge of my life. And the reason that's happening, I won't go into all the details, but basically what I'll tell you is, is that we lost a major income stream and uh, that has caused things to shift in our household dramatically. Okay. Yeah. And as a result of a lot of events, including the hurricanes and, and all the things and this, that, and the other, lots of things, I am basically starting from ground zero. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So I am rebuilding from the beginning. I, I, I have, I, I, this is a fresh start. God has given me a do over. Right. So I am literally rebuilding everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm I'm sharing this with you. I know y'all ain't gonna tell nobody. No, I'm just, <laughs> I, I, I know the audience is listening, but I'm just I, I, this is real talk, right? I'm yeah, like, thank, thank you, you for is, being open is... and vulnerable because that, that that is so key. And actually, it is one thing that we wanted to quickly touch on yeah. is how do you navigate through the difficult moments when you're trying to change the narrative yeah. of your finances uh-huh. because that's typically a big part that plays into yeah. the things that we do is like okay I've, I've gotten to a space where I want to change the narrative of my finances but you know life still happens yeah, yeah. Um, life happens yeah yes. and, and a lot of times life happens because God wants us to know that money is not our source hey. he is our source I'm a spiritual person Come, so, I, you know, I am I, too I, yes I, yes I, <laughs> I'm sorry I, right you know can I get an amen, amen. right <laughs> so what I realize, and this is why it's okay for me to be transparent with you is that I know that God is setting us up for something amazing. And God is also, he's teaching us things during this time. Like, girl, if if we could have a glass of wine and I could sit down and just tell you about God's grace. Yes. And tell you about how we are on, we have been on the brink of such great loss. Mm. Every, every, and I had a conversation with my girlfriend yesterday. I just got to tell y'all this. And she 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 articulated everything that I was thinking in my head and feeling, but just didn't have a safe space to say it. Mm-hmm. But what she said to me was this. She said, because she's going through a similar situation. She said, she said, you know what? God will remove all the false gods in your life. 
Mm. Yeah. So that you can recognize who God really is. Yes. 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 Does that resonate? Yes. Yes. And so that's why, that's why, let me tell you this, this whole experience of, of this shift that we've experienced economically in our family has shown us who God truly is. Mm -hmm. It's been difficult. It's been challenging. It's been a wake up call, but God will break you so that he can build you back up in his way so Uh, that you can come into alignment with who he is so that you can be prepared to really go out and do the work that he has called you to do. So whereas I've had so many financial blessings, you would not believe I've traveled the world. I've owned a yacht. Mm -hmm. I've I've been, you know, listen, if God never did another thing for me, that would be okay because I've experienced his goodness. Amen. But what I know now is that as I see some of those things go away, the work that he is positioning me to do, because he will break you to position you. Mm-hmm. Do, do y'all understand that? Yes. 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 Ooh, he yes. will break you down to build you back up, yeah. to put you in a position to teach and touch and testify in a way that you could not imagine. So mm-hmm. this is why I'm not mad because I know that God is doing a work through systemics, through mm-hmm. this conversation that we have right now, because we didn't plan to go down this road, no. right? <laughs> but that's what God will do for yes. you. And, 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 and when I thought about my podcast, which is about to go into season two, it's starting soon. Woo-woo. I'm like, I've set this goal to hit seven figures in my business by April, 2021. I set that goal, not knowing that I would face this current challenge that I'm looking at right now. Right. Yeah. But I still, you know, the podcast is still my accountability platform. So I'm like, well, I can't back down now just because I hit a little road bump, <laughs> um, a little speed bump. Mm-hmm. But but this is this is how God works. And so now the story that I can tell through the podcast, you know, the way I can teach through the podcast mm-hmm. It's much deeper. It's going to be more profound and more mm-hmm. impactful than I even thought when I started the dang old yes. podcast. Yes. Yes. So season two, season one was all right, but season two gonna be off the chain. Yes. Well, I gotta come back, dear. No. Oh my goodness. No, that was so good. Thank you, Monique. Yes. You've been confirmed just so much for us on this end because that Amen. is so true. That, oh. My goodness. My goodness. Yeah. The breaking you, you is just got, a, re, a, yeah. a restructuring. Well, we re- talked about guy clearing the plate. Yes. You know what I mean? You holding on Girl. a plate full of stuff and he's got to clear that plate because he's got Girl. something over here yeah. that he wants to put God on that plate will to use you for. your life for you yes. and get you ready for your breakthrough, baby. Mm-hmm. That's And that's exactly what he's doing. So I got, got so I got this understanding of God. That's why you need to stay in your word. <sighs> but I also got these people these incredible people out here praying for, for us. Yeah. And I got God's grace and what I'm witnessing that I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to be quiet. Okay. After I'm let them use you. Let them use you. Because <laughs> I get up here and start preaching. Come on. What I've also seen is God's provision, God's supernatural provision. Yeah. What I've also seen is, is gifts, financial gifts, money, just showing up. PayPal rang this morning. Ding, ding, ding. Mm. You got money. What? <laughs> Yeah, please. Mm. So the devil is a lie. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Amen. And 
get ready because God right now is decluttering. God is restructuring. He is setting people up for supernatural breakthrough. And it does not look like you think it should. Mm. It may be painful. It may be loss. It may be showing up in your life as sometimes it may be sickness or illness. It Mm. may be financial loss. It may be the the movement of people in your life. Mm. But what I want you to know, if you are going through any type of uncomfortable shift, get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that simply means that God is setting you up Good for God. something big. Do you hear me? Yes, yes. we hear you. Yes. Oh, okay, oh thank you. Thank you. For those <laughs> listening, if you're in your car, go ahead and just park. Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> get, out, get out and run around your car a couple of times. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's right. Oh, thank That's you for sharing. so good. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. So, so you watch. You watch what's going to happen to me. And my brand and my yeah. message, I give the glory to God. You watch what's going to happen to you all because you all are doing some very, very important work as well. Mm. And and the people in your audience that are listening right now, you just, I think it's going to happen in less than two years. You are going to see your life is going to have a 360 degree shift mm, My God! in less than two years. Wow. If you did, but the key is you yeah. cannot quit. You cannot give up and you have to be obedient. And thirdly, you've got to, you've got to keep giving God praise. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it's hard, especially when you, it looked like how you going to make a way out of nowhere. You've got to be willing to stand up, open your mouth, lift your hands and give God a praise. And that sound has to come out of your mouth because praise will confuse the enemy. Yes, it will. Praise will make the enemy flee. So I ain't going to say no more. I'm done. And not only that, God has a proven track record too. Like you said, you got to stay in the word. You read the word. You will see time and time again where he proves himself to be faithful. And when, mm-hmm. when everybody's having all these difficult times and making all, you know, even in their disobedience, God is still faithful and he's still Amen. providing for them. That's right. Anyway, Ooh. go ahead, Yana. <laughs> oh, I don't think there are. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm shaking just, over here. <laughs> yes. Morning, yeah, I'm speechless. Like, <laughs> wow. Thank that. I just, I'm just grateful. I'm thankful. Um, to have this conversation. I'm, I'm thankful that you were moved to speak on this. So thank you for sharing. And we do have so much more that we can talk about. So we yeah. have to bring you back on for a part two. To. There's so we much you know, even just sharing. And, <laughs> um, we're going to go ahead and cl- get ready and draw to a close. But um, just a few closing questions as we wrap. One in particular, we always ask um, our guests of the show one key question for the year. Last year, we asked more in the standpoint of like if you had one song what would be your theme song for the year but since we're now into 2020 do you have a power word that you're being guided by for this year mm. oh that's a great question yes what if i have two can i share two yes. go for it okay good so my power word my first power word is consistency mm-hmm. right yeah and for me, that just simply means that the goals that I've set for myself that I really started to meditate on, you know, before the end of last year, I am going to continue to move toward them no matter what, no matter if it gets hard, no matter if it's challenging, no matter if somebody, you know, calls me crazy, I'm going to be consistent in everything I do, everything that I've set myself up to do this year, I'm going to just keep going. Because I know that with consistency, 
as I will get a, a constant momentum and I'll begin to see a building. And by December 31st of 2020, mm. the end of this year, my consistency will reap a great harvest. Mm, so yeah. consistency is my one word. Mm-hmm. Obedience is mm. the other word. Mm-hmm. That's, good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. If God say do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Mm. Period. Mm. And that's that on that. Yeah, is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because God had you doing some stuff that don't make no sense. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> well, it, it makes sense to him, but for us, we're yeah. questioning. It's like, no, yeah, just right. do. Exactly. It'll make sense as it goes along. You will see the vision, the greater vision yeah. as you move through. Yeah, but you just gotta trust me. Absolutely. That's yeah. how when you usually know it's not you and it is him because yes. you're like, this is I would not do this. There's got to be you, God. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Mm-hmm. Okay, those are great power words. Yes. Um, obedience and obedience and consistency. Love mm-hmm. that. Um. <laughs> Are there any new projects that you have in the works for 2020? Oh, you well, know, speaking I am anywhere, excited. Anything? <laughs> yeah, I'm excited because I'm creating some online courses so that people can, you know, download some of this information that we talked about today and they can have access to it whenever. I'm also planning a retreat here in Puerto Rico at the end of the year. This will be my third retreat, mm. uh, the Overflow Retreat. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay. And so those are two things that I'm looking forward to. I'm excited. That's very exciting. Very exciting. We might have to go ahead and get fluid out. Definitely. Yes. Um, And just final, uh, Monique, how can our listeners connect with you and plug more into the works that you're doing and stay connected? Um, Okay. So what people can do is, uh, I got so many websites. I'm actually consolidating everything now. But one thing I do, I would love to share with your listeners is my top 10 list of the things you can do to claim total financial freedom this year. And that list is totally free. And all they have to do is go to sisternomics.net. Sisternomics.net. And they will be able to download this top 10 list. Um, And you can download it, hang it on your wall, Look at it every day. I think that these are the 10 most fundamental things that you can do to experience the financial breakthrough that you desire this year. That's good. We will make sure that we grab that list. It's totally free. We'll make sure we link it in our show notes. So there's no No, excuse. No excuse. No excuse, guys. All right. And of course, um, on your social. Yeah. Check out Systemomics. Um, just just look me up on social. Monique Caradine is where you can find me everywhere. And okay. Everywhere you'll you'll see me mentioning Systemomics. But if you know, if you go to your favorite podcast platform, whatever that may be, Apple, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever, we're everywhere podcasts are heard. So just type in Systemomics and wherever you go to get your podcast and you'll find it. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us and saying yes and sharing yeah. about your story and pouring into us today. Yes. We are full and we just, yes, I'm Man. just so appreciative. And again, for our listeners, thank you as always for tuning in. As always, we are here to amplify the voices of black women, yeah. share our powerful uh, stories of transformation and all of our lessons and to celebrate our successes. So, yes. Um, this has just been another wonderful 
chat. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And this has been great. Great, great, great. I'm sorry. I know you're trying to close this out. (laughs) No, but yes, yes. Thanks again. Thank you. um, I guess until then, man, melanate on that. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed our chat today. Keep the conversation going by heading to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leaving us a review. Have a story of your own to share? Email us at info at melanatedconversations.com or connect with us on social media at Melanated Conversations. Till next time, keep raising your voice. voice.